Peter Thomas Fornital here. We at In The Money Media are so happy to be partnering with Maggie Wolfendale on this new podcast series. On these shows, Maggie is telling the story of the horses through the voices of the people who love them and whose lives have been changed by them. Best of all, they're being produced to benefit our friends at the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, whose mission of saving lives, both human and equine, is so important to Maggie and so important to us at the network. To make a gift to support this show and the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, go to trfinc.org slash offtrack. That's trfinc.org slash offtrack. The next voice you hear will be Maggie Wolfendale. Gelding, fold April 17, 2015, in New York, by Flatter, out of Twist and Pop, by Oliver's Twist. As far as starts, first, seconds, and thirds, just put a zero in there. Earnings, too. Jockey club name, Wetner. This is his story, off track, told by Maddie Hogan. By my guest, Maddie Hogan, proud mom and owner of Wepner. And Maddie, for those who don't know, you are the person behind Off Track's Instagram account. So really, in my eyes, you're a superstar. Thank you, Maggie. Um, I mean, I am very thankful to be part of the TRF herd. And when Kim Weir says jump, I ask how high. Um, And I was working on a volunteer project for Kim and it just kind of morphed into this. And I'm so thankful for for being a part of it. Well, I'm more than thankful for you and what you do for the TRF and for Off Track because I could not manage an Instagram account as well as you do, to say the least. So that kind of brings to me, me to my first question for you is, what is Maddie Hogan's day-to-day life? What is your job? Well, I do commercial interior design. So I work for a um, commercial furniture dealership. So I do the design and space planning of offices, higher ed, schools, anywhere that needs contract furniture. So not in horses. (laughs) To be fair, though, your personal style does involve a little, a bit of horse, a bit of equestrian, eclectic taste. It's, you're very stylish, checking out your Instagram, your personal one. Um, But uh, I'm very impressed with that. So, uh, right, you said your day-to-day life isn't necessarily horses, but Wepner is a major part of your day-to-day life, aka Wep. How did he come to be yours? Well, I saw his face and I couldn't say no. No. Um, I, I started riding when I was five or six 
And I was that kid that spent every single moment at the barn. Um, I didn't necessarily come from a horsey family, so to say. My mom grew up outside of D.C., Washington, D.C., and her childhood neighborhood growing up had a bridal path that ran along their property, a riding ring. Um, but my grandparents had no idea how to approach horses um, and she wanted to ride. And my grandfather said, you can get your pilot's license instead. So she, I think, grew up always wanting to ride. And um, when I started riding, well, well, when I kind of begged for riding lessons at five or six, my mom also started riding with me. So it was such a cool experience to kind of grow up learning and being in horses with also my mom who was kind of new to it but also jumped headfirst. Um, but my dad is from uh, the Saratoga Hudson Falls area so we would come up to our family's lake house on Lake George every summer for a month and my grandmother loved going to the track. Um, she and my grandfather owned I think Pacers like back in the day so like she's very, was very passionate about um, horses. She has since passed, um, but she's kind of the one that got me into racing. And I remember going to like the racing museum with her growing up when we'd come up. And that is also another, another organization I'm very passionate about. So I grew up in North Carolina um, and I had several leased horses. Um, and then I think in second grade, my mom and my mom and I talked my dad into getting me my first pony. Um, they probably regret that decision um, greatly. <laughs> um, we opened, my mom and I opened up a joint Christmas present and my dad had wrapped a beanie baby and wrote a card and it said, to Jen and Madeline, happy, like, Merry Christmas, happy birthday, happy anniversary, like, all, all the holidays. If you want Brumby, you can go get him. <laughs> so that was the first horse I owned, and he taught me a lot. Um, and then he, we ultimately ended up selling him. He was not a good fit for a kid that wanted to start showing and being able to do things with the horse. Um, and then I got a, my, well, actually my first off track horse was not thoroughbred, but a quarter horse race horse that was actually pretty proven. And he, they retired him and he kind of did the quarter horse circuit. So he was the horse that I kind of grew up riding and showing and doing all the hunter under saddle and at classes. Now, did you get him all like directly off the track or he, had he have retraining? He had a little bit of retraining. Um, I want to say, oh, I should have called, I should have called my mom before this. Um, I think he had probably like three years off the track. Um, but he was one that like confined spaces would freak out. Um, I remember the first horse show I took him to, um, we were in a flat class and like 
the bell or like some some loud no- noise went off next to him and I remember like that buck and I got out of that class and my mom's like we have to grab the earplugs <laughs> like she was like that was that was not not what I was expecting um so yeah that was kind of my f- intro to horses but I um, took some time off for college. We moved uh, to upstate New York when I was going into high school. So like 16, 17 years ago. And we brought Rocky up here. Um, And then I went to college and started my professional career and took a break from riding during that time to kind of get my feet underneath me. And in um let's see 2018 the fall of 2018 I actually got back in the saddle and I started taking lessons at a local barn and I was leasing a horse um who was a cell francais a big warm blood that was a great horse for me to start getting back into the saddle um and kind of doing like just flatting and cross rails. And he, the, his owner, who I'm, I'm good friends with, ended up leaving the barn to go with um, the woman I was, the trainer I was riding with at, at the time. And the owner, I stayed at the barn and the owner had this chestnut thoroughbred and she was like, Wep is here, he needs to be ridden. Uh, do you want to ride him? And he, I think he had less than 10 rides off the track when I started riding him. And I remember my first ride on him. I did, it was in July of 2019. And I like did walk trot canter. And I was like, what? This is an off the track thoroughbred? I was like, no way. He was so, so quiet and just so much fun to ride. So that is how I started riding WEP. And then I had the conversation that it, it was the conversation, like, if you want to keep riding him, like, like he, he needs to be sold. So it's either you're going to buy him or he's going to get sold to someone else. And I ended up with him. <laughs> <laughs> you said he you he was such a fun ride. What do you mean by fun ride? What was it about him that took your fancy, so to speak, in that first interaction? I just I think it was like how so Wep is quite a wide horse and he just has like a very smooth gait. And I just remember his trot, like he, like when I got, when I got him, he also, he had a year off the track um, and he was, he was in rehab. So he, yeah, he probably had less than 10 rides and he didn't really know how to use his body at that time, but he was just like, he just felt safe. And like, it was like, definitely not the hot headed thoroughbred that people think that they are um and his canner is like a rocking horse I remember setting it and I was like this is this is amazing 
that isn't something that, you know, often is displayed. Sometimes they do take a little bit of time to let down, but Webb, he never made it into the starting gate. So do you think that that made him a little bit more of a chilled out character? Oh, I, one, 1000%. I, it, it is, um, so Webb bowed his, front right tendon in track training, um, I think on the Oklahoma. Um, so he was up here in Saratoga training um, with Jeremiah Englehart and Kathy and Dan Bearclaw rehabbed him, rehabbed his tendon. And um, he was out at Saratoga Glen and his connections made the decision to retire him, so to say, like, they weren't going to send them back to the track. And um, so he kind of, he, he had no, he really had none of the kind of the mental, like he didn't really get worked up. I will say though, I, I do think he had a sort of a run in on the track because my first winter with him, we just spent all winter like walking facing other horses because he he would get so freaked out if a horse passed him and he would just kind of lose his brain for a minute um so yeah I I I think not racing he was it it just allowed him to kind of be a horse so was it a freak out Uh, because I'm interested because my horse so he ran for seven years on the racetrack. So uh, it's, it's a complete, you know, dichotomy. But he doesn't mind horses passing him going the other direction. It's just, it's strangely, primarily when we go to the left, and another horse might be making a lot of noise that passes him going in the same direction. It's almost like this innate competitiveness that comes out in him and he's just he he will either kind of not kick out at them but move his body towards them um so it's funny just that demeanor that's different now obviously Webb didn't make it to the races because he was very responsibly retired after an injury which I think is so important to stress and it wasn't like there wasn't any competitive nature but it's just it's funny to hear that because you wonder was he intimidated by these other horses I've never really thought about it that way but probably because they were able to pick up their feet and he he was um well so to know to know Wepner is to love Wepner but also to know Wepner is um he doesn't understand that he has four feet and he has to pick up each hoof um he he would stumble his way through life, like just walking around if, if, if I let him. (laughs) Isn't that funny? I mean, some horses are just so careful and others just, I I don't want to say don't have, they have self-preservation, but they're just, they're just not as careful. It's so, they're just such individuals at the end of the day. I, I was looking at your Instagram and I saw the video of him not wanting to get up. He was laying in his paddock and he's no interest in getting up. Even another horse tried to encourage him. So does that kind of speak to his personality? Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I get so many 
pictures sent to me of him laying in that run in in his field. Like, I think it was a few weeks ago, someone sent it to me and Wep is laying in the round bale, essentially in his run in. And he, it's like a few, it's like a few pictures of him and he's laying down eating. And then a few minutes later, I get one of him just asleep <laughs> in, in the round bale. It's like somebody put this here for me and only me to sleep and eat on. <laughs> oh yeah, that that is that is his round bale and his friend Pokey, who is in the video, um, that is my best friend's off the track uh, thoroughbred. Um, yeah, Pokey was like, "What? You have to get up! Like you have you have to go for your lesson." <laughs> but yeah, he is he is. Words cannot describe his personality. <laughs> Speaking of not picking up his feet, he really picked up his feet when you went to to jump him this summer and you had a little bit of an accident. Talk us through that day. And I know that it was kind of a big step forward for you because you wanted to start eventing him, right? Yes. So... <laughs> So the the barn that we are at, um, it's actually it's the old Rogan uh, farm. It's the Bongard's farm, and Dave and Mary bought it from Ellen, whose father was Bertram Bongard, and he was a key founder of the um, New York thoroughbred breeders. So I can describe it as heaven on earth out there. Um, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, and there's a cross country field and I, um, so I, I moved WEP to, to, to Lions. It'll actually be about a year ago. And there is an outdoor out there. Um, and I was never one to really ride out in a field especially not a cross-country field. And when we got to Two Lions, um, we started taking lessons with our current trainer. And she, I guess, knows how to motivate us very well. Um, so we started jumping WEP this summer. And we have figured out that horse loves the jump field, loves loves turf, like if he was to go back to the track, I would say he'd be a steeplechaser. Um, and so, yeah, so September 10th, around 1145, um, we know the exact time because Kyle has on video. Um, we were out having a jump lesson, just a two foot course to get ready for a horse show two weeks, like two weeks out and Wep went up to this jump, and he, I I have no idea what he was thinking, but he jumped it like it was three sex. It was absolutely wild. <laughs> um, yeah, so he took off like a rocket, and he, I I kind of felt well, not kind of. I did feel like mid-air I was like oh my gosh Wepner what were you thinking like this is a two-foot vertical like we're not we are not at three six level at all 
and he landed and he we joke that he does like this porpoise thing when he gets excited and you see it on the lunge and under saddle when he does it it's 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 easy to control because he is a very lazy horse most of the time but I think landing after this jump he just had so much momentum he did a few porpoise like rolling bucks would be a good way to describe it and after the third I think I like knew that I was done and he I I like fell off and he took off at a gallop and was breezing around the cross-country course (laughs) so it was (laughs) yeah I was like laying on the ground and I was I was looking down at him running towards the cross-country side of the field and my trainer ran to the gate to close it and grab Wep and Kyle ran to me and I was I, I was only wondering if Wep was okay. And Kyle said, Yes, your horse is fine. He's breezing right now, so um he should be a steeplechaser. <laughs> Horses do come back off a of very long layoffs. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think it was the week. No, it must have been two weeks. So Travers weekend was Webb's first horse show. And um, he it was just a schooling show out at White Hollow. And we entered him in the hunter, like two foot hunter division. He was the only one in his class. <laughs> So he got two blue ribbons, and I think that was such an ego trip for that horse. He was like, I can do this. <laughs> so, yeah, but he absolutely loves it. I, I'm i much more comfortable doing the hunter classes, but after, after riding him, like, out, like, in the cross-country field, and he does pop over logs, and... I I do want, I don't know if I'll be up for it, but I do want my trainer to take him to a, his first cross-country event. <laughs> now, you, well, there was a bit of a, a healing time and a recovery process for you, having broke your ankle as severely as you did. So talk about getting back in the saddle just recently. Yeah, so it, it's funny. I have been, I've been, I've ridden a f- several times, but I I say that there are two first rides back because my first one I went out um, and we we've been breaking it up so it's like Wep does a training ride with our trainer and then I if if he has a good mindset I'll get on and I'll finish off the ride the first the first ride my my trainer Kate she was like, if like, she's, she told me, bring, bring your helmet and your boots. She's like, if he's in a good state of mind, like I want you to get on him just to kind of get your leg back. And I was thinking, yeah, that makes sense. I thought she was just going to like, I thought I was just basically going to go for an adult pony ride. Um, and I was on him and she was like, okay, pick up the trot. And I'm, I kind of panicked. I was like, can I do this? So it was very rough. And I, well, not, not very rough. I did it. I think it was more mental for me. Um, so I did like 
probably four 20 meter circles. And then I, I stopped. I was like, okay, that's enough for today. And I think Christmas happened and a few, maybe a week ago, I went out for like a real lesson and I did, I actually rode and it was the best feeling ever. But I also think I needed that first ride of questioning myself to come back to my second real ride and be like, okay, we're, we're back. I can do this. Well, not only, as you kind of mentioned, is it a physical thing that you have to get over? Because let's face it, I'm sure there's a lot of atrophy having broken your ankle from the muscles that you use so consistently when riding, but also the mental aspect of, oh God, is he going to porpoise me again? Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, like Wep does, uh, Wep is such, like he is such a great horse and the fact that his brain is so there, like he, he, nothing, nothing is malicious. And when he does spook, actually he doesn't, he doesn't really even spook. I mean, I think my accident out in the cross country field that day was more him just being so excited that he jumped so well. And I, I think I sent, like his, I think I sent you the picture. His, he's such a scopey horse. I remember the first time I took him over a jump, um, someone was videoing and I did a screenshot of him. Like, Oh, I was, I, I was speechless when I saw his knees. I, he's a beautiful jumper which is also very surprising knowing how lazy he is. So he doesn't, he doesn't spook. He just gets excited. Um, so it was more of a, I, I, and I think it's me. I need to think about that when I ride, like knowing that we have a partnership and I know how to ride his excitable times, but I am thankful he isn't like, an absolute like bolter or he doesn't, he doesn't do anything super naughty. I think it's all about rebuilding that confidence in yourself because when you feel confident, they feel confident. Obviously he is that kind of horse. Um, he, he isn't one that sounds like he needs a lot of reassurance, but they, they feel and they can pick up on, on a lot of your cues. And I think as a rider, we often, not only are we second guessing ourselves, but we're second guessing ourselves if they're noticing our nervous energy. Yeah. And WAP is one. I have done a lot of um, natural horsemanship with him. So he is one. We don't use cross ties. He, he ground ties like a champ. Um, We do like his lunging is really like he, you can basically just wave your hand to him and he goes. And I think getting back into the saddle the past like like month, I've focused a lot on like setting setting boundaries with our groundwork and being like, no, you are doing this now. Like you are listening to me because when I get on your back, you you need to know I'm boss. So I think that has helped both of us. Um, so yeah, he. he's a, he's a character there. It's amazing how you can have a horse that you can trot around on and he can barely pick up his feet 
to being the scopiest thing over a jump and absolutely loving it. That's awesome. Uh, talk a little bit about your you know, experience with natural horsemanship. What are some of the things for people listening that haven't explored that option uh, that they can do to build that trust, to build that respect uh, with their horse? Well, I mean, WEP is one. So um, there is, so local Saratoga people, Liz DeLuca um, is who I've worked with WEP through pretty much since I've gotten him. And I think, I think for me, that was probably what kind of made training an off the track horse, like so helpful is setting up like great ground manners. Wep is one, I joke that his, he's Clifford, the big red dog. Like if he, if he could sit in my lap, he probably would. Like he, he just wants to be basically on top of you. And when you have a horse that is the last thing you want is one to boss you around and be in your personal space. So like with him, I like even just like when we walk, when I lead him out to the field, we will be walking and then I just stop and he better stop or if not, he gets reprimanded. And it's just like, just creating that environment of you're listening to me you're doing what I say so he he is a really cool horse and the fact that I think he's one that I could do liberty work with which is without a halter or lead rope I mean I'll just focus on getting back in the saddle really at this point (laughs) but he, he yeah one step at a time but he he is a fun horse and the fact that he's so responsive to to ground manners and work I think that's such a special quality of thoroughbreds in that you know as you mentioned you don't even use cross ties but I'm always pleasantly surprised when an OTTB stands in the cross ties and does because that's not something they're used to I mean if anything they're just used to a tie chain to the back of their stall or to the front of their stall uh not standing in an aisle by any means uh with two things on them so I've had more that won't do it than will do it like my current horse 90 he's I I could leave him for a long time and he would just stand there and I can also ground time so it's interesting the ground manners, because a lot of the horses I've had, I, we've had in the barn, but they've been with people before. So I think it's all a lot about their individual personalities, but you also have to marry it with, it's always that nurture versus nature uh, aspect. And it sounds like Wep obviously had a very good start an education in his life that you've obviously just expanded and capitalized on. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Like he is one, um, because with ground tying, if they step on their lead rope, they obviously feel it on their face. And, uh, I feel like most horses would freak out and spook and go backwards and wep. He just, when he does it, like he'll step on his lead rope and he'll just like move back a foot and like move his hoof off the rope and just stand there and like look at you. And you're like, he's like, mom, 
I didn't do anything. Like, I'm such a good boy. And there was a, like, I probably like a month ago, I like left work. I was like, I'm going to go to the barn and just groom Wep. And I remember I, I was still a little uneasy on my ankle and I was picking his back left and I, he, I could tell it, something was going on because he was like trying to pull it up out of my hand. And I was like, no, like, what are you doing? And I was holding his hoof and I looked like down and up at his front and I saw that he was standing on his lead rope and he was like he I think he knew that I wasn't a hundred percent like sound at that point and it was like his way of being like I don't want to hurt you like I'm I like I just need to like get this pressure off my face so he's he's a good boy oh that's uh, that just shows how empathetic and sensitive I think thoroughbreds are as a whole question obviously just getting back in the saddle it's one step at a time but if you had to set a year-end goal for 2023 what would it be for you and web oh okay well I've actually thought about this um recently because I was talking to um my trainer Kate Green about future web goals and I got injured um, practicing for a two-foot hunter class. So my goal, my my personal goal is to complete a two-foot hunter class with WEP. Uh, I'm not setting any time lines to that. But I think in terms of WEP's goals, I think the spring... Um, to take him, I, I do kind of, I, I think he would really enjoy, uh, eventing and like the whole, he's also a very, very pretty mover when it comes to dressage, um, techniques. So I, I would love to see him do like a beginner novice test and go cross country because I think he would absolutely love it to death. (laughs) So fun. I think those are are very realistic goals for you guys. Um, And as we get to the end, I like to do the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. All right. What is Wep's favorite treat? Um, This, oh God, he's probably going to know I said this. And he loves, loves Mrs. Pastures so much so that you can't say the word around. Like if you say Mrs. Pastures, he just starts twitching. Like it, it's the funniest thing. Um, he, he loves Mrs. Pastures so much, um, but he is on a big uh, girth friendly stud muffin kick. But the horse also loves potato chips. Like you, op- you can't have a bag of chips around him. He will eat the whole thing. Um, loves chips and salsa uh, he, uh, any any food it, really anything he's eaten pasta salad before um the only thing he like freaked out about was on his birthday one year I went to Putnam Market and got the fancy carrot cake cupcakes and I was like oh wep like it's your birthday 
he, I, and I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. frosting's probably very similar to like dewormer and he could not handle the frosting. You would have thought that I was feeding him like, like straight poison. I was like, oh God. <laughs> so He's a little bit of a texture guy. It's got to be the right texture. <laughs> yeah, he he is. Yeah, no no defrosting, but lo- absolutely loves Mrs. Pastures. Oh, <laughs> that's great. He has a, a a wide array of culinary delights, for sure. Um, if he was a person and you guys were out in the town, what would his drink of choice be? Oh, um. <laughs> He would be a Modelo, but from the morning line on the backstretch in Saratoga. <laughs> like, he would be there watching the racing in the afternoon um, with a Modelo. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> Side note, that, is that what you like to do? Like, for you, go, do you frequent Saratoga? Is the back side your favorite place to go the ra- to go racing or do you prefer front side i yeah yeah i i love the back back side and i would say back side back side and turf terrace are at an equal tie right now okay two like two opposing worlds but equally delightful yeah i mean i i i don't know it kind of depends i go through like phases I there is like the part of me it's like I love the history of the track and I feel like that's something that like when we go as kids like my grandmother like drilled that into us and I love I love like the clubhouse and turf terrace actually I would agree with you I don't get to like enjoy Saratoga in that way often but of the places I've been I agree with you. Although I'm, I've warmed up to the top of the stretch. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I we we have too. It's so funny, but the top of the stretch is fun. Like it's a different, almost a different world over there. Totally different vibe. But back to Web. If he had a theme song, what would it be? Okay, maybe this is like mother like son. I think Web would definitely be any Grateful Dead song. But I feel like Scarlet Begonias or Shakedown Street, like, beat. Cool. I can vibe with that. That's very cool. Yeah, he, um, and he's also really been enjoying the new Tyler Childers album. Our indoor at our barn is, um, is new this year. So he's getting used to that right now and all the new sounds. So he, we've been, we've been listening to Tyler down at the indoor. What is Wep's most favorite thing to do? Oh, um, well, sleeping. Um, he loves to take a nap in his run-in. Um, I'm calling that his sunroom because I went out yesterday or Sunday and I could have taken a nap out there. Um, and he also loves to hack out in the cross country field. I I think that is probably his favorite. What's his least favorite thing? Uh, girthing up. 
he's a ch- he's a chestnut thoroughbred. Yes, mine too. Mine's not even chestnut, and he he ha- like if you touch his girth or his chest, you are going to be annihilated. Not really, but he acts like he's going to do it. Yeah, last night I looked at Wepner. I was like, don't even try. I was like, please, like, just stop. I was like, the saddle fits you. Like, nothing is wrong. I was like, you just did a round of miso for your ulcers. I was like, you are fine. But yeah, I think it's just maybe something that I've, I haven't really enforced. And not that he's naughty. He just makes faces. Yeah. So yeah, that. That's his least favorite thing on the face of the earth. <laughs> they they are thin skinned too. At the end of the day, so I I, I can I understand you because you can actually feel how thin the skin is there around the girth a lot of times on them. So uh, for Wep and you, what is the biggest lesson that he's taught you? I mean, I think patience more than anything, and. I guess to learn to be forgiving and that some, some, some days are like, even I've had them for, I think three years and like, some days are great. And then others, he has a moment and you just have to learn to adapt. And I, I mean, I learned something new from them every single day and it's just so I think the biggest thing for me is it's such a rewarding process bringing him along. Um, And I'm just so proud of where he's at right now. I, it's just, it's a great story because I talk to different people and, you know, some are heavily involved with the racetrack, but for you, it, it, it really wasn't that way. And you just kind of stumbled upon wet by, you know, happens chance. And, I think it's it's a wonderful partnership that you guys have formed. And my last question for you is, so what came first? Was it him or, you know, helping the TRF? Did he inspire you to to become such a part of the the TRF herd? You know, I, I was, I mean, I, I think living in Saratoga and so close to the track, like I, I don't know. I feel like it kind of went hand in hand. And I think the first, my first winner that I owned WEP, I met Kim at a mutual friend of ours. They do like this crazy Christmas cookie party. And Kim, our friend was doing some also volunteer work for TRF and Kim was standing in their kitchen and I met her and she gave me her business card and she was like, oh, I'll come out and cl- clean your tack. I was like, no, you don't have to do that. Um, and it, Kim and I have just become fast friends. And yeah, she, I, I mean, I think she just knows to sign, like if there's anything she needs, like just sign me up for it and let me know later what you need. Like you can just, it's an automatic yes. <laughs> And that just speaks to you as a person. So thank you so much for everything you do for TRF, for WEP, and for promoting off-track thoroughbreds. I think it's just absolutely wonderful. And lastly, thank you for sitting down and doing this interview. I can't wait to see what you post for yourself on Instagram. Oh, you know, I was actually – I 
I was driving home from the barn tonight and I was thinking about that. I was like, that is the most, I, yes. And to all off track listeners, thank you for following. Thank you for like tag us. And I'm, I would love to know what everyone else's favorite episode is. So it's been fun getting to know everyone. There you go. There's the challenge for everyone. Make sure you uh, respond back to Maddie and let her know which is your favorite episode. And there's going to be a lot more to come. As Maddie and I have talked about, we got a Google Doc and we are going to be firing away. So I'm honored and so pleased and privileged to have you as the first guest of 2023. Maddie, thank you to you and Webb. So if you haven't gotten it by now, Maddie Hogan gets a extra big thank you for not only doing this podcast this time around, but for facilitating our Instagram account and really getting more exposure out there uh, to people on Insta and engaging and and having an interaction and a conversation with people that are passionate about off-track thoroughbreds. So like she said, We want to know what your favorite episode has been. And as always, if you have some other ideas um, or if you know of a horse that was fairly well known on the track and has gone on to big things or has a harrowing story that you would like to tell, please share it with us. And furthermore, please support the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation if you can for those horses who can't go on to second careers and the TRF provides them forever sanctuary, primarily at their second chances programs, which also helps humans too. So if you want to donate, check out trfinc.org slash off track today. Thanks.